Good morning, church. How are we doing? We doing well? How am I supposed to follow up that, Glenn? <laughs> um, amen, amen. Well, if you have your Bible, turn with me to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Um, I do want to say, Glenn kind of already mentioned it, you know, being uh, Memorial Day weekend, you know, where we want to remember our fallen heroes, those men and women who have served our country, um, really since it's been established as a nation. But if you have served in the military, whatever branch, uh, we want to recognize you. If you don't mind standing up, uh, if you're here, I don't know if everybody has. Okay, great. Jay, I know Chris Reed has, one of our uh, newly voted in elders. Let's just give them uh, an applause. Thank you. Thank you so much for your service. Thank you, Larry, standing up. Um, may God bless your journey and, and how you continue to follow Jesus. Um, you know, I also want to acknowledge Glenn has been voted back in as an elder. Chris Reed is now a new elder at Hillcrest Christian Church. And so we're just thankful for, for what the Lord is doing at our church, praying that God would just continue to give us provision. This is really what this series is about here in, in generous living. You know, it's it's it's... It's not so much about, uh, hey, give your money. No, this isn't what that is. It's, it's hey, we, we serve a generous God. In his generosity, I would even say, he has saved us. Um, and so as Glenn was saying, you know, a way that we reconcile those who are far from the Father is the ministry that we do here uh, at Hillcrest. And so there's a lot of different things that factor into that. Um, and so that's really what we're going to talk about today is we're going to see the practical ways that we serve uh, our community and the world here as uh, members of Christ's church. You know, this is not our church. This is the church of the living God, and we are the church. And so, you know, um, we want to remember that. And so I want to open us up in prayer, and then we'll, we'll just dive in. Uh, Father, thank you so much for uh, what you've done in, in our lives, God, saving us, reconciling us to God the Father. Um, Lord, I thank you for all those men and women in our church who have served our nation. Um, God, would you continue to bless their, their families and their lives? Father, we thank you for every man and woman who has lost their life serving our nation. God, would you bless their families? Um, Father, may they come to know you as Lord and Savior. Uh, God, would you bless this message and the remainder of our time together? Um, would you use it for your glory? Um, and God, would you teach us some, some things that are brand new? Maybe some things that we've heard before, would they come afresh in our minds and in our hearts? Father, would you renew us and restore us in our lives, in our hearts? I know many people have come in this room experiencing different things in, in their lives and in, in relationships and marriages and all of those things. Father, may we lay those things aside. May we leave those at the foot of the cross. May we not be distracted as we spend our time together as the body of Christ, worshiping you, our Lord, our God, and our Savior. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So today we're going to close this three-part series on generosity. I know some of y'all are like, oh, thank the Lord. And, but I think this is an important topic. It really is. Um, and to shy away from it would, would be um, not acknowledging what's in the Bible, really. And so, you know, to, just to recap the last couple of weeks, a few things that we've learned together is, you know, every good thing that you have in your life is a gift from your Father in heaven. You know, James 1.17 says, every good and perfect gift comes down uh, from the Father of the heavenly lights, Okay. So think about all of the good things you have in your life. It, it's a gift from your Heavenly Father. Um, and another thing we've learned is, look, we're really just stewards 
of what God has given us and gifted us with. He's the owner of all things. We are just stewards of all that he has given us. And so we've also learned that you know, generosity really goes beyond uh, our finances. I hope that's something that you've taken away the last couple of weeks. Is, is it really? I know last week was pretty heavy on that, that part. But as a whole, to me, uh, to, to, to live a generous life, it goes beyond our finances. And so I don't want you to lose sight of that. And so our, our theme verses, if you will, for this whole series has been found in 2 Corinthians 9, verses 7 and 8. I want to read those aloud. Feel free to read those out loud with me. Uh, we should have those on the screen. Feel free to read those out loud as, as I go. Um, we're going to begin in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7. The Bible says this, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Here's what I know to be true. I, I truly believe this in my heart of hearts. I believe that if we are a church whose allegiance belongs to King Jesus, God will give us exactly what we need to accomplish his purposes in the world. He's going to do that. If our allegiance belongs to Jesus, and what I'm talking about is we look at Jesus not just as Savior, but as Lord, Master, God, a God in whom we are to obey. And I believe if we look at God that way, if our allegiance belongs to Jesus as Lord and King, He will give us everything that we need to accomplish His purposes world. I truly believe that. And so if you're reluctant on giving, or if you're unsure on, you know, how much, look, Paul is saying, give what has been decided in your heart to give. Let's not make this complicated. Give what has been decided in your heart to give. And like, like, like Glenn said, <laughs> it goes beyond giving to the church, right? Our giving, our generosity, it is it is for the purpose of reconciling mankind back to the, to the same God in whom you have been reconciled. If you're in this room and Christ Jesus lives in you through the Holy Spirit, you have been reconciled to the Father by no doing of your own. You know, so if you thought, yeah, I, I did a lot of things to earn my... You didn't. You never could have. You're not that good. Nobody is good but God. Okay? That's a good thing. As crazy as that sounds, God is that good that He, in His grace, in His mercy, in His kindness, and in His everlasting love for you, He saved you. That is a generous God. And you have been reconciled to the Father through the blood of Jesus Christ. And so the purpose of all of our lives, really, I'm talking about you as an individual, your families, the relationships you're in, and your marriages, and us as the body of Christ, our purpose is to reconcile people back to the Father. It's to do the ministry of the church, and we're going to talk about that today. Paul, um, there was a church in Philippi. We studied the, the book of Philippians. Uh, this church is, the, the church in Philippi and Paul, they were so close. They loved each other so much and so well, and they were a huge supporter in the ministry of the Apostle Paul. And as Paul's writing this letter, he, he's been given gifts, finances, gifts, whatever, and his, part of his thanking this church is he says, look, in my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And oh, is our God rich. He is rich in abundance. He owns a, a cattle on a thousand hills, meaning everything belongs to him. You can't out-resource God. You cannot out-resource God. 
Everything belongs to Him. And so when the Bible says He will give us all that we need, He will give us everything that we need to accomplish His purposes in this world. And so the, 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 the mission for today, I hope is short, so we can all get to lunch, but, but the purpose overall today is to show you some practical ways that we can serve together as the body of Christ to make light of the kingdom of Jesus Christ as the, body of, as the church here. How can we serve together our community, the city of McKinney, and beyond uh, this city to the nations? Okay? It's how do we serve? And so if our, if our allegiance belongs to Jesus, if we're looking towards Jesus, if He's our guide, if he's, our, he's the chief shepherd, the great shepherd, if we're looking towards Him, He will show us how to serve, where to serve, and He will give us everything we need to do those things. So Paul says, at the end of uh, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8, he says, and, and my God will supply you with all, all that you need to abound in every good work. So what does that mean? This isn't, so I want you to know, when Paul says that God will give you what you need to abound in every good work, this isn't like an empty exhortation, meaning it's not without reason. He's not telling these Christians, by the way, uh, hey, give financially, and, and, and in fact, he commends them on their generosity. And so he's not saying, you know, if you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. If you sow generously, you'll reap. He's not doing that without any reason. In fact, if you read Paul's letters, um, when he talks about this idea of generosity and giving, um, there's a purpose for that. There's actually, to, to summarize it, there's actually the purposes that Paul commends these Christians and exhorts these Christians to give uh, is really threefold. It's give to the poor and to the needy, give to uh, missionaries or global missions, local missions, just missions in general, and then give to the ministry of the church. You see that as you read Paul's letters. There's a purpose for Paul's reason for exhorting these believers in all of these different places why and how important it is to be generous. Okay? And we've talked, it's, it goes beyond finances. Every single one of you, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you have at least one spiritual gift. If you are not using that spiritual gift in the body of Christ, then you are not serving the Lord as He would call you to serve. See, that is meant to be used in the body of Christ for the purposes of the ministry of our church. Okay? And so the generosity of each one of us, our families, it goes beyond giving. And the reason Paul commends and he exhorts these Christians to give is for these purposes. To give, let's just call that outreach, missions, okay? And then for ministry of this church. And so every good work makes up all kinds of different things, by the way. If you think of that in the context of us as a church here at Hillcrest, every good work abounded, that, that, that comes, that's a lot of different things, okay? So when you look at the budget, the budget covers all of these different things. Uh, our goal is to make budget, right? So that we can abound in every good work. Um, and so Paul, Paul's reasons for giving and being generous are threefold. And let's, let's just go over those really quick. The first one is give to the needy, give to the poor. Let's just call that one outreach, okay? And I hope you're familiar with what outreach is. It's, it's reaching out, okay, to the community around us, to the world around us as believers. If we're just coming here on Sunday, worshiping the Lord, going home, not reaching out to communities, to neighbors, to people, uh, to coworkers, whatever that is, then we are not living in God's will. God's will for our, if I could just summarize it in just a few words, make light of His kingdom. He has called us. He has, he has given us the, the opportunity to serve alongside Him. An all-powerful God who cannot be out-resourced has everything will give us all that we need to accomplish whose purposes? His purposes. We're not here to make light of our own kingdoms, church. 
It's just not true. It's not why God saved you. We're here to make light of His kingdom. We're here to help accomplish His purposes. And by His grace, an out, uh, a God that cannot be out-resourced, uh, who has all power, and who has all authority, says in His Word, inspired through the Holy Spirit, coming out of the mouth of the Apostle Paul, He will give us everything that we need to abound in every good work. Okay? And so, outreach. We, we need to be a church. And now I'm talking about Hillcrest as a local church. Right? That's what we are. We're a body of Christ. We are a local church. Okay? And, and we happen to reside in this building in the city of McKinney. That's where we are. And there's a scripture that I really love. And it, it comes from Jeremiah 29, verse 7. It says, But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile, and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find welfare. The last thing I want to do is take these verses out of context. The, the context in, in Jeremiah 29 is God's people, God's beloved nation of Israel, has been uh, pushed into exile. Okay, they're, they're now foreigners in a foreign land, uh, living under a rule and reign of, a, of, a, of another king. But God's word through his prophet says, you're, you're, although you're exiles, you are still to do what? Seek the welfare of the city. And if you read those verses, he talks about how go and live life there. Uh, 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 plant gardens, the Bible says. Have kids. Grow your families. Do life as usual. Uh, seek the welfare of the city, even though you're in exile. And, um, oh, pray to the Lord on its behalf. That's God's word through his prophet to his nation, the nation of Israel. Uh, while you're in exile, seek the welfare of that city because in it we'll find welfare. And pray for that city, pray for that nation to the Lord on its behalf. Yeah, if I'm being carried into exile, going to be a, a foreigner in a foreign land under a, the rule and reign of another king, and I'm being told to pray for that city, I think that would be a little difficult for me. I'm just being honest. And, and maybe it was difficult for God's people. But God, His Word says, pray for that city to the Lord. Pray for that city to the Lord. Okay, Seek the welfare of that city. Why? Because in it you will find welfare. What's interesting about Israel becoming exiles is if you think about it in the New Testament, and if you think about it in 2021, you and I are exiles. If we're Christians, if 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 Christ lives in you, if the Holy Spirit indwells you, then you're in exile. And Peter talks about that. What does that mean? It means that you're, you're an alien even. We think about aliens in outer space and they come to our world and it's like, you're an alien. That's kind of what the Bible says about us. We are aliens, okay, in a foreign land. Now, I love the United States of America. I do. I'm so thankful for the men and women who have served our nation, have fought and lost their lives on behalf of our nation. I love my country, okay? Um, I belong to another nation. Another, uh, I'm a citizen of heaven, okay? That's what the Bible says about me, and that's what the Bible says about you. We are citizens of heaven. You can love this nation all you want, but first, you are a citizen of heaven. You belong to Jesus before you ever belong to America. And I think most of you would agree with that. So we're exiles, the Bible says. We're, we're aliens. We're sojourners. Here's what it says. Here's what the Bible points to about you and me. We are just traveling through. Hey, you think about in light of eternity, we're on this earth, whether you're in America or China, wherever it is, if you're in Christ, anywhere in the world, you're just, you're just traveling through. You are literally here in this life. 
let's even say you live to be 100, that is but a fraction in light of eternity. So while we're here as exiles, the Bible says, seek the welfare of that city in which you reside. Where do we reside? In the city of McKinney. We should be seeking the welfare of this city. And so how can we do that? Well, there's a lot of ways we can do that. In fact, I don't have all of the ideas in the world. If you have ideas, please come to us. Please let us know, me and the elders. We would love to serve this city in every single way possible so that we can seek the, so that we can obey God in his command to us as his church and as his people to seek the welfare of this city. We should be doing that. I'm a huge proponent of global missions, and we'll talk a little bit about that. But if we're not seeking the welfare of the city of McKinney, and, and I live in Anna, some of you live in, in, in uh, Melissa or you know, wherever, those cities, our neighborhoods, the places in which we work, plant, if we're not doing that, then we're missing the mark. Okay. Last year, if you remember, we did a Thanksgiving drive. I know Hillcrest has done that throughout the years. We picked it back up again. That was our first annual coming you know, around and doing it again, if you will, um, at least since I've been. We're going to do that every year, okay? Every year we're going to do that. Um, uh, we, we, we provided 25 Thanksgiving meals for families last year, so 25 families. I want to quadruple that. I wanna, that's us being generous. That's us giving more, um, maybe, than we usually do. But we can do that because I remember when families came in, um, Kay had, had, had just had this awesome system set up. All the bags were ready, and these families came in, and they picked up these bags. And I got to meet some of them, got to hug some of them, got to pray for some of them. And just we got to provide a thanks. How important is Thanksgiving for your family? You, 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 your family gathers together. I'm not talking about COVID-19, you know. I'm talking before that. Families get together. You, you share a meal. You watch the Cowboys, whatever it is. And you get to be with your family. And what makes all of that so special is the food on the table. And we got to provide families in this area food on the table. How amazing is that? I want to quadruple that this year. I want to do more. Um, another thing that we did, we picked back up again. Hillcrest has done this in the past, is uh, we provided Christmas gifts for, for children and for families who otherwise can't provide for their kids. So we provided presents through Angel Tree. We worked with Salvation Army. We're going to do that again. I believe we did 25. I want to quadruple that. I'm optimistic. <laughs> But I believe that God has given this church more than we need. Why? So that we might seek the welfare of the city and be generous back. We serve a generous God. Let's all step out in faith. Believe that God will provide for your family and our church. We serve a God who can't be out-resourced. Every good thing that we have comes down from Him. A gift. A gift, okay? And so let's give back. We're called to give back. We're called to, to be generous. That's, you want to make light of the kingdom of Jesus? Be generous. If you're scared to share the gospel with someone out in the world, be generous. Uh, pay for a meal. Uh, buy them a cup of coffee. Whatever it is, be generous. Be generous back. And we have so many opportunities where we can do that as a church together. Um, God will give us what we need to abound in every good work. And those things like Thanksgiving Drive or Angel Tree, they may seem like a small thing. You know, sometimes if you're like me, you think big, you think huge. It's like, no, it's the small things. Take baby steps. Um, this is seeking the welfare of the city. Um, when, we, when we handed out donuts, you remember that? We did that twice. Uh, you know, that did cost us money. The church paid for those donuts, right? That's a part of us being generous back to the community. We got to serve students donuts and waters and, and people who live across the street in those apartments. We got to pray over a student. That's just us being generous. We have the resources. We need to serve and seek the welfare of the city. And there's all kinds of ways to do that. <laughs> Handing out donuts is probably not in the New Testament per se. 
but we live in 2021, okay? Let's seek the welfare of the city. Maybe that's handing out donuts. You know, maybe that's providing Thanksgiving meals. Uh, maybe you have a tons, tons of things, tons of ideas that you can let us know. We can do that together. Maybe you have gifts that, that I don't have um, or that uh, people who already serve in the church don't have that you can, that God has uniquely wired you and given you to serve this church and to serve this community. Uh, it's only a matter of will you step up and use those gifts. That's how you can be generous. Use the gifts in which your Father in Heaven has given you to serve this local church and to seek the welfare of the city. And so the donut thing, by the way, when school starts back up again, we're going to do that once a month. Once a month we're going to do that. Because we're not just reaching the students at the high school. We were reaching people across the street in those apartments. And if you haven't looked um, lately, um, or if you don't drive on this road, there's new apartments being built just down the street. Hundreds, like 500 or so units. That represents 500 or so families. Maybe single young adults. Maybe whole families with kids. Maybe newlyweds. That's seeking the welfare of the city. God is giving us opportunities to serve this city. And he says in his word, he will give us all that we need to serve this city. Okay? I love, I love, I love, I love. If you continue to read in Jeremiah 29... It says this in verse 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, uh, to give you a future and a hope. Again, I don't want to take this out of context, but I know in my heart that it applies to today. Uh, when we think about people living and moving in those apartments across the street, all across the city, our God and Father in heaven has plans and purposes and a hope and a future for all those who are far from Him. Do you believe that? Because I hope you believe that, that God has a plan. And if God has a plan and a purpose for your life, He has a plan and purpose for, for, for the lives of those in which He has created. If we would just go and serve them and seek them out. Notice the word, seek. Seek the welfare. Not hope for the welfare. Not hope for the opportunities. Seek them out, the Bible says. What does that mean for you and me? Live on mission. Actively live the Christian life. Seek the welfare of the city. I believe God has plans and purposes for the people around this building. And maybe in the neighborhood in which you live in or the city in which you live in, if it's not McKinney, maybe in your workplace, God on high has a plan and a purpose and a hope and a future for those who are far from Him. If we would just seek them out. And how can we do that? By being generous to them. And that, that could come a thousand different ways in your context. But God wants young people, students, He wants families, He wants men and women who pass by this building and those who are far from Him, talking about relationship with Him. Our God in heaven created them just like He created you, okay? And He loves them just like He loves you. And He wants those people to prosper in the name of Jesus Christ, just like you. And so... In light of all of that, we are currently working with the management across the street in those apartments on how we can partner with them to serve that community. Okay? That's right across the street. We should be serving those people in any way that we can. Okay? Because um, here's what I know. The harvest is plentiful. <laughs> we often think about that as think globally. The har there's a harvest around us that exists, and it's plentiful. There's plenty of opportunities to serve and seek the welfare of the city. Another organization that we're going to begin partnering with is an organization called Children's Hunger Fund. Now, Ch Children's Hunger Fund, here's what's amazing about them. They have a big warehouse in, in uh, Dallas, not far from here. 
And they provide all the food of no cost to us, boxes of food. Uh, we can set up a, a monthly uh, uh, hub, if you will, distribution hub outside here once a month and deliver food to anyone in our community who's in need. And what's amazing is those boxes have scripture written all over them. We can take those boxes to a community or a house or a family in need, deliver that box, get to know those people, pray a blessing over those people, introduce ourselves, we're members of this church. There are countless ways that we can serve and seek the welfare of this city. And if you read the Gospels, what you'll see in the life and in the ministry of Jesus, Jesus met a lot of spiritual needs, right? Before he met spiritual needs, he often met physical needs. You see? So Jesus, when he met spiritual needs, he was first meeting the physical need. He often did that. We can do that. If you're wondering, how do I share the gospel? You take food to a family. That's how you share the gospel. You get to know people. Hey, can I pray over you? And they, they, they know by someone who's a stranger who wants to pray over them that Christ lives in them the hope of eternal glory. There are ways for you to serve this community. There are ways for you to serve this community. And so we need to be doing that. Jesus said, uh, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you a drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And, and when did we see you sick or, or go see you in prison? And verse 40, and the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did to the one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Man, that, that is a loaded passage and a loaded statement from our Lord. That's a call to mission for you in your life. When you see a need, you meet that need. And I said last week, God has blessed every single one of you, myself included, each one of us in this church, with more than we need. With more than we need. And it may, I'm not, don't think I'm just talking about money. I'm not just talking about money. God has blessed you, your life, your family, this church with more than what we need. Okay, we've got to serve our community with the abundance of what God has given us. We've got to give back. We've got to, we've got to make a change. We've got to make a difference for the glory of Jesus Christ. It's why we're here. It's why we exist. It's why the church was established, to, to seek the welfare of the city and to go beyond the city and to, to preach the gospel to all nations. And so Jesus says, from everyone who has been given much, I know this is a verse many of you know well, from, from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. I don't want you or myself to stand there on the last day in judgment uh, in front of Jesus and say, you were given so much, but you did so little. I, I lavished on you more than what you needed, and you did so little. I don't want that to be true of your life. I don't want it to be true of my life, and I don't want it to be true of the life of this church. I don't want to stand before God and, and, him, and him say to me, you know, Nate, I gave you so much. I lavished upon you so much. I was so good to you, and you did so little to give back. I don't want that to be true of my life. I've been saved by the mercy of God. I was a sinner following the course of this world, just like you. And then God came in in the depths of my sin and myself and in my sorrow and in my pain and in my loss, whatever it is for you, in the depths of your sin, God saved you. 
And he didn't do it for you just to come here and be comfortable. We are, we are called to live radical lives for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Don't let it be true of you that Jesus says, on that last day, I had given you so much, but you did so little. And so, here's just another practical opportunity that we'll have to serve. We wanna, I know it's going to be hot, but this is something that we can go on and carry on to the rest of the year is serving up tables at the park, that amazing and beautiful park just down the street across from the high school. Huge park. People are there all the time. Set up a table, hand out free waters, cook hot dog lunches, uh, get people to you know, just interact with people. <laughs> it's not complicated. Let people know, hey, we are here. We love you. We care about you. Here's a free water. <laughs> it doesn't have to be complicated. Back to school drives. I'm sure this church has done that in the past. We're going to start doing that again. We want to serve our teachers in these local church, uh, uh, schools. We want to serve our, our law enforcement. At least let them know that we're pr- Cops, have you seen movies? They love donuts. We'll go take them donuts. We'll pray over them. You know, here's a physical need. You guys love donuts. I've seen a, countless movies. You know, you love donuts, apparently. Hey, can we pray? Can we pray for the Lord's protection over your work and over your service? Hey, thank you for serving and protecting our city. If you don't like the way law enforcement has been acting or whatever, I don't know where you're. You're a follower of Jesus Christ, okay? You're a follower of Jesus Christ. You represent the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You're not here for your glory. You're here for his glory. So take donuts, whatever it is. Pray over law enforcement, paramedics, whatever, firemen. Uh, serve the teachers in this community. Let them at least know there is a church here that goes out of its way, that spends money to serve them. Okay? And again, if you feel like, you know, Nate, I really don't know where to start on this. I don't know where to go from here. What, is, what does the Bible say? Pray to the Lord on behalf of the city. Just read your Bible and, and our Bible reading plan. And, and re- pray God's word back to him on behalf of this city. <laughs> God, save more people and reconcile more people in the city of McKinney, my neighbors, to yourself. That's a prayer. God, use me uh, for, for, for in any way you can for your glory to help reconcile more people to yourself. Okay, so that's one. That's... Uh, that's our gen- generosity as a church in action in the city of McKinney. Now let's move to missions uh, or missionaries. You know, uh, Paul uh, had a short stint. I don't know quite how long he did it, but he was a tent maker, so he provided for himself to do his gospel work. There was a time when he did that. Um, but then there were churches uh, like Corinth, the church in Corinth, or the church in Philippi. There were churches that financially helped Paul pave the way for Paul so that he could go and do the work in which God had called him to do. And so at 1 Corinthians chapter 9, not 2 Corinthians 9, but 1 Corinthians 9, uh, Paul is talking about generosity and, and what it means to give to those doing gospel work for the nations, uh, globally thinking missions, but also locally missions. We have missionaries who are local in the United States, who churches uh, help supply for their needs to do the work God has called them. Paul says this, in the same way, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel uh, should receive their living from the gospel. So Paul's making it clear. The local church should be uh, helping missionaries in their gospel work around the world, locally, globally, whatever it is. The local church, if you look in the book of Acts, missions began through the local church. So you need to know as a, as a member of this church, it, 
this building that we meet in and worship in uh, together every Sunday, we should be about mission. Supporting missionaries. The mission of this city. The mission of, of the nations. Uh, Jesus said what? Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Preach the gospel to all creation. You might think, I don't think I'm called to go do that. That's okay. You can pray towards that end. You can give towards that end. That end. You can be generous towards that end. The Bible is commanding us, is showing us that we as the local church should be about preaching the gospel to the whole creation. And so some are called to go and be those missionaries to the ends of the earth, uh, to learn new languages, to translate the Bible, um, to preach the gospel, to plant churches, all of those things. There are people who are called to go to be full-time missionaries, to plant churches, to make disciples. Um, and then there are people who are, you know, aren't called to go do that, right? Uh, but we're here, so we, we, we give towards that end. As the church at Hillcrest, we give towards that end, and we pray towards that end. Let me ask you a question. Uh, how often do you pray for our missionaries? How often do you pray for them? What day of the week do you spend time praying for our missionaries? Do you know them by name? I don't care if you haven't met them, but do you know them? Do you know who they are? Do you know their name? Do you pray for them? Do you want to be generous and give back in the way the Bible leads us to as a local church for global missions? Pray for our missionaries. Ask, you know, how can we serve them? So we, we, we serve our missionaries prayerfully. Um, we encourage them. There, there, there's people, local missionaries, uh, global missionaries, who have, who, who have maybe quit jobs and gone to do the work God has called them to do. Don't, don't we, shouldn't we encourage them in our comfortable lives here in the city of McKinney? Shouldn't we encourage them? Shouldn't we pray for them? This is living in obedience to the command that Jesus gave. Go and make disciples of all nations. Go and make disciples. Of, that does not stop until his return. Until his return, we go and make disciples of all nations. And yes, even as a local church here in McKinney, God is commanding us at Hillcrest Christian Church to go and make disciples of all nations. And maybe you didn't know that, but God's calling you to go and make disciples of all nations. If he's not calling you to go, it doesn't mean he won't tomorrow. God will show up in your life and he'll call you to global missions. But you can pray and you can be generous back. Paul says in Romans 10, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. How can anyone preach the gospel to them if nobody is sent to preach the gospel? And so every local church might look different in how we uh, uh, play, up, play a part in global missions. We have a part that we play, and I want to expand the part that we play. It's not going to happen tomorrow. But uh, we should be about that. And so right now, we, if you'll put up the next slide, we have uh, missionaries that we support financially every month. Um, Cooks and Hills, they're in Oklahoma. They, they help take in and, and foster kids who have been abused. And it's an incredible ministry. And, and uh, uh, Kevin Craig is trying to set up a, a, a trip to take a group to go out there and to serve them in any way that we can. Okay, so that's right now in the pipeline. Expressions of Emmanuel, Stephen Bondingham, they are members of this church. Okay, they attend. They're here today. They're local missionaries, but they go globally. So they're all over the nation. They're all over the world. They have done incredible work in this building the last several weeks, the last several months. They've gotten kids and youth involved in serving uh, this church. Like, what better way to serve our ministries than to just let them use our building, let them use our property, and for the glory of God and to get people invited in our church to serve alongside them, okay? Uh, so they're local. And then Eric and Melissa Davis, they're in Missouri, I believe. 
and they're, uh, they have a refugee ministry. And so they're serving and ministering to refugees. Uh, people, <laughs> the nations are coming to us. And so Eric and Melissa Davis are serving them. It's easy for us to go make that drive to serve alongside them in any way that we can. It's also easy for us to send financial gifts to them if we need. I'm talking about us individually, praying for them, sending encouraging letters to them. Um, you know, how often do you pray for our missionaries? And, and, uh, and then James and Naomi Cott, many of you, Cal, many of you know them, right, personally. They're all the way in Germany. They've learned the language. They've been there for a long, long time. They're serving uh, uh, a university there. They're, they're, they're in a great spot for gospel work, and we support them. And then Stephen and Elisa Walton, they're in Ireland all the way in Ireland, doing gospel work for the kingdom of Jesus. And then Emily Reed, who is one of our own, right? And um, she's all the way in Turkey, you know, coming alongside Turkish women, doing gospel work, kingdom work for the glory of Jesus Christ. And guess what? We support them financially every single month. So the more that we give, the more that they get. 10% of everything that's given to this church is distributed to these missionaries. The more that we give, the more they get to do more gospel work for the glory of Jesus Christ. Uh, Paul says in, in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10, if we're, if we're continuing on in that passage, he says, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, that's the Lord, will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Here's what I know to be true, based on what the Bible is telling me. I believe that at Hillcrest, there is way more for us to do. There's way more for us to do. I'm talking to us as a local church. There is more for us to do locally and globally. I believe we can do more globally to serve global missions, to make disciples of all nations, to seek the welfare of the city. I believe that we can do more. And what Paul is saying is, the more you do, the more God will give you to do. The more you give, the more God will give us to give. It's kind of how that works. That's, that's what Paul's saying. That's what, that's what Paul is saying, and, and the more that we do, God will, will give us more to do. He will increase, he will increase our ability to serve the outside world, if you will. And so that's, what my, that's my hope and my prayer, is that, that we would do with what we have so that God would give us more to do for the kingdom of God and his own glory. And so, and really what Paul's saying is the more obedient we are in, in doing God's work, the more we'll get to do more of God's work. And again, it's all his. We're just stewards of that, remember? We're just stewards of that. We're just, we're just followers of his. We, we want to do what he tells us to do. Uh, the, the, the third thing is the ministry of the local church, caring for one another, really. Uh, this, is, this is everything to caring for your needs, to serving each other, and serving even d- doing outreach. This is, this is for our needs. This is caring for one another. We, when, when you give... You're giving so that we can be a part of supporting one another, whatever that looks like. Whatever that looks like. Jesus says this in John 13, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. So how is everyone going to know that you're a disciple of Jesus? By the way, you love each other. If we're not loving each other well, then we're not proving to be disciples. So if we're mistreating each other in this room, if we're not treating each other well, if we're not being kind and loving to each other, uh, then we're not proving to be disciples. I mean, Jesus says it plainly. Uh, By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. If you love one another. So when one of you is hurting, 
man, let's get you flowers. Let's, let's come alongside you. Let's, how can we help you? How can we bring you food so that you don't have to go out there when you're having a hard time? This, there are thousands of different ways that we can serve and love one another in times of need. In times of need. Um, and look, let, let me just read Acts 2, verse 44 and 45. It says, and this is the new, the, the local, the church of Jesus Christ has been established in the world And here's where they are. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Now, I don't believe that this is a call for you and me to sell all of our possessions. I'm not saying that God wouldn't call you to do that. He certainly could do that. In some ways, that's what he calls missionaries to do when they go to the nations. Get rid of everything here and go and preach the gospel. But this is not a command for us to sell all of our stuff. But I do think it's an incredible example. It really shows us the lengths that these men and women went through to make sure that their own people had everything that they needed. In fact, the Bible says that they were, they were not without need, or they, didn't, they, they had no needs. Maybe I said that backwards. There weren't any of them in their numbers that had a need. They were all taken care of. And so the, the way that they were all taken care of is these brothers and sisters, some of them sold all their, their land, their houses, and they, they, they gave it so that everyone had what they needed. We are able to do that too. We, your, your family is able to do that too. It could be taking a meal to someone else's house, which when I was sick, you know, people brought meals to, to my house, and, you know, that's a way to serve. That's, that's a way to love one another. Again, there's a thousand different ways. If, if you're in need of money, God has given us uh, the ability to help people in this church financially. That's an incredible thing. My point is, There should be no one in this room who's in need of something. If there is, we should, as the body, come alongside one another and fill that need. That's how we love each other. That's how we love each other. We also want to teach each other how to steward what God has given us and do that well. Uh, What's the saying? It says, give a man a fish, feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish, feed him for a lifetime. That's really what making disciples is. In terms of stewardship, we want you to know and, and, and be sure that you're being taught and taught well on how to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And so, um, and Paul says, and as, as when you give to the church, yeah, you support the work that we do, the ministers, the staff, all of those things. Those are obvious, right? But Paul says, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. I know that the idea of generosity, you know, we've been centered on being generous and giving, and maybe this is a season in the, in the life of your family where you're not able to give as much or, or even at all financially, but I'm telling you something. God has called you, and he has equipped you to give back to this church some way, shape, or form. He's gifted you. You have unique talents and gifts that God, through his Holy Spirit, has given you to serve this church, okay? I love uh, what Paul says in Romans 12. And then I'm I'm almost going to wrap this up. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. When my wife and I went to Alaska a couple of summers ago, I didn't know anybody there. She knew a few people, but we were serving in in church work um, at a a youth camp. And one family gave us a car for a whole week. They were followers of Jesus, but I didn't know them. But they gave us an an expedition for the whole week. Another uh, couple let us stay in their cabin one night. Another couple let us stay in their house for the whole week, fed us a meal every single night, bought me a, like a, my favorite mug that I have, coffee mug is from Alaska, it's clay made, she bought me that, I mean, they fed us on the last night, king crab, you know, salmon, I mean, just fresh seafood, 
just incredible the way that we were taken care of, the hospitality that I experienced on that trip. I had never in my life experienced that. And that was the Holy Spirit of the living God and his people showing a love for one another. How amazing is that? Can you practice hospitality? Do you have a home in which you can do that? Do you have things that you can offer up to others in this church to serve them, to help them? Share with the Lord's people who are in need, Paul says. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Um, and there's a, multiple, a multitude of ways that we can serve one another. And one way that we care for each other here at Hillcrest is investing in families. Okay, so we want to invest in families. We want to invest in our youth. We want to invest in our children. We want to offer up things for them so that they can not only have fun, but also learn more about Jesus. We want to invest in the next generation. If we're not investing in the next generation, then we are missing the mark. We've got to make disciples, even in young people. I know the sermon has a lot of practical things, but this is the end of this, uh, this series, and so I just want to make clear, I want to show you how your generosity affects each other and the work that we do for the kingdom of God. So when we, when we talk about giving back to our youth, investing in our youth, you know, <laughs> if you've ever been a, a part of youth ministry or children's ministry, you know that that can, can happen in multitudes of ways. You know, you could one day pull up here and you see a slip and slide in the middle of the yard. I mean, there are a multitude of ways that we can serve our young people. Just go outside in the back of this building and look at all of those lights that were put up and those posts that were built. All of those things that were built to create a space so that we could have gatherings for our church, for our youth. And we just had an event. Do I have pictures? That was Friday night. We had our youth. We had some families. We had some kids there. I mean, we played volleyball, basketball, hamburgers. You know, we... We did all of these things under the lights. I just can't wait until we do more of those things where we're all there and we invite the community in that incredible space that people in our church helped create. You know, Mark Crisfell and, and Kevin and, and Jeremy was there helping. People that are actually good with their hands, that are mechanically inclined. I am not mechanically inclined. I was a very good observer. But because I observed, I could tell you what happened. And what happened was men using their gifts in which God had given them to make that possible, okay? We are called to invest in the next generation, and it will look a lot differently than even lights. You might just see a slip and slide one day. It could be anything, a bounce house. I don't know what it'll be. We want to invest in our youth and in, in our children. And so in light of that, investing in our youth, we have a senior in our church, Paul Norby, who has graduated high school. He is our only graduate this year. Paul, I want to invite you to come up. And Mitch, I want to invite you to come up. Mitch is his old man, his dad. <laughs> you know, part of, we, we just want to recognize Paul. Sailor's going to come up here. We only have one senior this year, um, and that's okay because we are going to love this young man well, and we are going to send him off until he comes back again um, but as a gradu you know, graduating senior, we want to recognize his accomplishments. And, and Sayla's going to, you want to grab the mic? Sayla's going to share just a few things that this young man has done for our church in service uh, to the Lord. So, oh, sorry, that's loud. <laughs> First off, we just want to honor Paul and um, just come alongside him as a church family and celebrate with him his uh, big accomplishment, graduating from high school, and also just celebrate what God has been doing through him. Um, he had a project, and he approached us and asked what needs we needed here at the church. And 
Um, one need and one vision we had was for this beautiful backspace. If you haven't checked it out, please go ahead and do so. Anyway, so he had a team of people come together and um, built these beautiful um, picnic tables and benches. And um, I mean, it just looks wonderful. And then they came back and stained it. And so we just want to honor him for that. And um, we're just really excited to see how God is going to use you in the future. So here's your certificate. We, we want to go above and beyond. This is a certificate that we made. And uh, we want to give it to Paul for graduating high school. Good job, Paul. So can we just give him a hand? So, Paul, I want to read just a couple of verses to you. Oh, yeah. um, were you named after the Apostle Paul? Okay. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, the Apostle Paul is one of my favorite people. Um, I can't wait to meet him. Um, I have a lot of questions for him. Uh, Paul says something to, to young Timothy. Uh, Timothy was a, he was a shepherd of God's flock. He was a teacher of the word of God. He, was a, uh, just, he loved people, and, and, and Paul was Timothy's mentor. So Paul raised Timothy up. He taught him. He instructed him. He, he encouraged him. He, he shepherded him. And Paul's writing this in light of a, a young man who's leading a, a church. Um, but I believe it's the same for young men who are following Jesus Christ. Paul has a word for those people. And I want to read this to you, Paul. Uh, the Apostle Paul says this. He says, Don't let anyone look down on you because you, were, because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. Man, the world will try to devour you as a young man. I'm just going to keep it real with you. It's going to try to devour you as a young man. And I'm so thankful for, for Mitch and Norby and how they've raised, uh, Mitch and Della, for how they've raised you up to know Jesus Christ. You are, you are united with Christ in baptism. You're a follower of Jesus Christ. And what's going to happen is uh, you're, you're going to be soon uh, put out into the world. What that is, I don't know how long you're going to live with mom and dad, and, but there will be a time when you will be separated from them. And the world will try to devour you. And my prayer is that you would remain pure, remain loving and kind and steadfast in your pursuit of Jesus Christ. Your, your, your faith is your faith. And I know that you were taught that and you believe that. Otherwise, you wouldn't have been united in Christ. I don't think your dad would have baptized you if you didn't believe that it was your faith. And so I want to I read another verse because here's what's going to happen. And I did this even before I was a believer. We just, this is just human nature. We make plans, don't we? We all make plans. I've got plans for the whole week. It could just get just trampled on. Something can come up. We all make plans. I love what the proverb says. It says, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Man, that's my prayer for you, Paul, is that as you, uh, as you go out into the world as a young man, pursue a college degree, do all the things that you want to do, I just pray that the Lord would continue to direct your steps that he would guide you and lead you, that he would bless your path and bless your life. And so we're going to pray over you. I'll pray first, and then Mitch, uh, why don't you pray after him? And then we're going to send you off, and we're going to have cupcakes. And, and I'm going to pray. After Mitch prays, we'll stand and we'll worship together. I'll have a closing prayer. And then if you want to stay and, and celebrate Paul and have cupcakes, you, you are more than welcome to do that. So. Yeah, please take a moment to congratulate him and um, wish him well and then grab a cupcake and celebrate with us. Yeah, so would you just bow your heads and join with me? You can pray in your heart too. You can agree with our prayers. I'm going to pray. Mitch will pray. And then we'll stand and worship together. Okay, church? Our Father in heaven, I, I thank you so much for this young man. I thank you for uh, his life. I thank you that he is a smart young man. I, I thank you that he's got a good head on his shoulders. I thank you for his parents, Mitch and Della. I thank you for all of his siblings how they have loved him, how they have 
come alongside him, uh, the closeness that they have in their family. Father, I just pray for Paul as he goes on into his next journey in life and the next season of life that you are leading him into. Father, I pray that you would protect him. I pray that you would guard his heart and his mind in Christ. I pray, Father, that he would constantly and consistently fix his eyes on Jesus, the author, perfecter, and finisher of his faith. God, we are called to run the race. That race is a marathon. And so, God, would you, would you guide him and lead him, protect him and shepherd him as he, as he lives his life as a follower of yours? Father, you have saved him by grace through faith. You have called him. You have set him apart. You have given him that which he has needed at this point in his life to serve you and to serve your church. Father, in this next season of life, I pray that you would continue to equip him, to teach him, to show him, to invite him in on the things that you're doing so that he would be useful in the, in the, in the call of his life and whatever that is. God, we don't know what the next five or ten years look like in Paul's life. I know that he's probably making plans as any one of us in this room would. But Lord God, I pray that you would direct his steps. I pray that his intimacy with Jesus would grow. I pray that his affections for Jesus would just increase. You are the vine, and, and Lord, and we are the branches, and may Paul be closely connected and intimate with you, Jesus. Father, I just pray over his life. I pray that you would bless his journey, the upcoming years of his life. Would you bless his journey? Would you bless his life? God, would you continue to use him in the gifts and the talents that you have given him for your glory? We are so thankful, Lord God, for the work that he has done in our church, his eagerness to serve, his eagerness to be a part of the things that are happening here at Hillcrest. Father, would his joy in the Lord increase and his eagerness to serve your church increase all the more that he might set an example for the rest of the believers. I pray and I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I just ask that, um, that you would continue to protect and, and guide uh, Paul, uh, that uh, you, have, you have put in him a soft heart that cares for people, and I thank you for that. Continue to develop that. Continue to help him to see people through your eyes, to care about people. Father, I, I thank you that you've given him a, a foundation uh, of, of the school that, uh, schooling that Della has put him through um, to be able to think well, to be able to reason, to be able to, to, be able to uh, think critically of what he's experiencing in life, and that he can apply that to your word, uh, to, to uh, what's happening around uh, him, and that he can evaluate, truly evaluate and discern truth. And Father, I ask that you would continue to bless him in that, that you would draw him close to you, that you would equip him, that you would uh, guide his steps and provide him a path that would bring honor and glory to you. And Father, I'm so grateful for Paul, uh, what he has meant uh, to our family um, and his willingness to uh, do what you want. Um, he has established a pattern of, of reading your word and of praying and of studying and uh, doing good. And Father, I just ask that you would continue to uh, build that and develop that uh, in him, that he, as, as Nate mentioned, would be an example. Mm -hmm. And Father... Um, I, just, I ask this only uh, because of the glory that you will be given as Paul 
actually shares that it is because of you, because of what Jesus has done for him, and that the Holy Spirit lives in him, that he is able to do any of this. And I thank you for that, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Yeah. Thank you, Paul.